Hey, yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Filthy Fast Podcast. I know it's been a minute since I recorded anything. Definitely more than three months. Hopefully it's under six. I'm not totally sure. (laughs) My guilt doesn't even want to look at the last time I recorded one. I took a bit of a hiatus from running barrels this spring, actually. And, well, my futurity mayor, Rowdy, I decided to give her two months off. She was having a reoccurring... I guess it would be a hematoma that was developing under her cinch. It was a lot of swelling, and it wasn't every day. It definitely wasn't even every week or every... At first, it wasn't even every month, but it would occur sometimes after I ran her. It would swell up really bad, and she would be really sore for a couple days in her tummy area. And So I'd rest her and then bring her back, ride her a little bit, and then she seemed fine for a while. But the time in between her hurting that seemed to be getting shorter and shorter. So finally, I just decided to rest her. And thankfully, with the help of Shane Bullock of Crooked Creek Ventures, who is a wonderful, knowledgeable, no BS kind of chiropractor and equine bodywork guy, she seems to be feeling much, much better. Her everything is looser. She's more relaxed to school at home. She was incredibly relaxed. I took her to a jackpot last week. She was real, really relaxed. Um, and I ended up getting my first check on her. Actually, we won the first, we won first in the 2D. I think we split first in 2D that night, which was great. I really kind of went in there like all, all kind of Jesus take the wheel. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I honestly am, I need the timing more than she does, but she, she went and worked really, really well. And finished really happy and was eating hay at the trailer before and after. So I was, that was wonderful to see, especially, um, beforehand she had been getting kind of grumpy about her head and getting kind of grumpy to cinch up. But now I, I don't notice that at all. So thank you again to Shane Bullock. And if you live in the Lethbridge or Southern Alberta area, I encourage you to look up Crooked Creek Ventures on Instagram or Facebook. Just, have have the guy look at your horse. He will not lie to you. and He won't try to make himself sound smarter and above it all. So anyways, but I took that time while she was off. I, I still kept her in shape. Free lunch during the arena just to keep her wind up so that she wouldn't be totally starting from scratch just to kind of knock the rust off. And during that time, I read, I read a few books. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I read quite a few books. I went back to the gym. I started going to some kickboxing and jujitsu classes at O2 Training Center, and I really, really loved it. So I'm hoping to continue with that. But anyways, on onwards and upwards, I'm very happy that I was able to get back on my first run with her, and it be a tremendously positive experience. So I'm looking to build on that. But what I want to talk about in particular is changing state like catching your negative thoughts when you're when you are in the middle of whether it's practice or training I think this is applicable to more than one area I don't even think this is just relevant to horse sports definitely I'm going to apply it there because obviously that's what I do (laughs) but in regards to just being more relaxed I I think being at that jackpot in particular even a year ago or two years ago, I was on a totally different animal. I was on a, a gelding that I really, really loved and put a lot of stock in. And he was incredibly athletic and fast and all those great things. And he had wonderful papers. Nothing about him 
that said he shouldn't be able to make a barrel horse. But the the sucker just he just really didn't want to run barrels that bad. Um, I think enough to to kind of do it, put it together, and it not be terrible. But he just was never gonna be what I wanted him to be. So you know, learning to love them where they're at <laughs> came into play. Realizing he wasn't really what I wanted to go on and be competitive with, and that took that took a, a while it took a lot of a lot of hard knocks but i think also came with that a ton of anxiety a lot of performance anxiety i remember just um small jackpots that the place we were boarding at would host and i would have so much anxiety like i felt i felt like my heart was in my throat i would be sitting out back and just like i was ready i was almost crying guys i was i almost in tears because i was so tired of being humiliated um, it's like throwing a fish in the air and telling it, okay, fly. That's, that's how I felt. I just, everything felt so uncharted. Um, I felt like you couldn't pay me to make a nice run on any given horse, let alone make a nice run on a 1D horse. So that was a tremendous thing to overcome when I started riding Rowdy, when I bought her, especially as a young horse for sensitive and quick footed and she can be kind of silly. That was a learning curve. <laughs> Luckily, I had a, a really great mentor, and I've 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 always had this mentor since I bought this horse, so it's made a huge, huge difference. But <clears throat> I remember watching a documentary; it was on Hickstead, and um, Eric Lamaze's famous show jumping horse Hickstead, um, who obviously was record breaking and <laughs> an incredible athlete. But he was quoted as saying, and I this has always stood out to me. But in the middle of filming that, he was quoted as saying when they were walking the course at any given Grand Prix, whether they were in Aachen or they were at Spruce or wherever they were, and the course designers, you know, obviously make it incredibly difficult at those levels. I mean, we as barrel racers really have no idea, but he would come back and say, hmm, it looks, looks awfully easy today. And everyone looks at him like, are you crazy? Like, what do you mean easy? And he said, it's just in that moment, it's, that's just the confidence that stems from knowing what you're riding like you you just know that your horse can handle that like you have that much faith in them and I think that that comes from a lot of a lot of runs a lot of <laughs> I don't think there's any replacement for experience but you can learn to change the way you approach those experiences so anyways as I was saying sitting at this jackpot last week I don't think I ever I don't remember the last time I felt that relaxed out back, except maybe when I was in high school, because you're, you don't even know what you don't know. You're just making runs. <laughs> Those days were really fun, but man, I didn't know a thing. I think I thought I knew a lot. And sometimes I look back on that and I wish I could, I could still just go into a run with that much uh, gutsy confidence. But I felt so tremendously uh, just... I think I was happy. It was oddly, I was just content. I was like, oh man, I get to run my horse tonight. And she was riding around on a loose rein and warmed up really good. I, I didn't just chuck the reins to her, but everything felt good. Everything felt right. I was just, it was like, man, what a nice day this is. <laughs> I get to run my horse tonight. She was calm. Everything felt great. But then I realized that how much of that was her feeding off of me. So... When I started approaching, when I started approaching just my practice sessions like that, we were schooling actually at another, at another arena here recently. 
And things that would have caused me anxiety, like I have to get this right, I have to get this right right now, I have to fix this right now, is I think something that a lot of people struggle with, and I'm sorry if I'm rambling here, but we see it all the time. And I just recently saw a Facebook post about this woman who had been asked to help a younger girl school her horse, and she sat and watched this young lady school on this thing for a while, and she said it wasn't going well. So when they finally asked her for her opinion. She said, frankly, I think your horse hates you right now. He's hot. He's tired. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish anymore. <clears throat> and that stems from that insecurity, especially as women. I feel that we really struggle with the need to micromanage our animals so, so much, which again is a form of insecurity. That's where the whole nagging wife comes th- thing comes from. Uh, that's where our insecurity plays out is the need to be in complete control all the time. That spills over into our relationships, our horses, possibly our children. I don't know. I don't have kids. I would assume that would only make sense to me. But once you let go that illusion of control in the middle of the practice pen, <laughs> things get a lot easier. So as I was saying, we were at this woman's, we were at this woman's place just schooling. And I was like, oh man, this doesn't quite feel right. I don't know. I don't know if I need to compress her a little bit here, ride her up into the bridle some more or uh, let her, you know, just let her leave her alone for a, a, f- a few work throughs or, or what I need to do here. And I was just doing some simple trotting exercises, nothing crazy. I wasn't jamming her up in there, <clears throat> but it was like in the middle of that, it was, my brain just went, she's trying, like <laughs> we'll figure it out. We've always figured it out. Every time we've busted through a new ceiling where you think it's going to get easier and you're suddenly going to be able to go and win on anything and everything. And especially the horse under you, you're going to hit another ceiling that you're going to have to bust through. So it never gets easier. I mean, I know it's a cliche thing to say, but it never gets easier. You just get better. So as soon as that sink, as that sunk in for me, I had a different ride. I really did. She And she finished that schooling session happy. Uh, her jaw was slack. Her eye was soft. Every, everything that I, I want to see in my horse when I finished schooling her was happening. So I thought, you know what, whatever, um, I'll lean on my mentor a little bit here, ask him for his opinion. And that is something that I'm, I've always been very thankful to go to. And and I wish more people would utilize the resources around them in that sense, instead of trying to prove a point. (laughs) Even this past week here, again, I'm having a little bit of, it's not really an issue yet. I, I feel her setting up on me a little bit at second barrel, not necessarily even in making runs. I do a lot of trotting and just simple stuff at home, but um, the few places, the few times that I've gone up in there and tried to set her at each barrel, she wants to kind of peg on her front end at second barrel. I get pitched forward and I'm not really sure why that's happening. So I've chalked it up to body position, my body position, maybe, you know, maybe she's a little hot. I'm not really sure what's going on. So I tried a few different ways to school on it. The first day I felt it happening. None of them quite felt right. So rather than keep pounding at it, I was, you know what, I'm going to get off. I'll kind of make do go and do something that I know she can do that she's happy doing. Let make sure we finish at a good spot. We'll come back to it tomorrow. And I stress this also because if you do a lot of setting, you do a lot of trotting and stopping, loping and stopping, or you run up in there and jam them into the ground, and you do that a lot, <clears throat> while that might be good to remind them to wait on you, that is really going to sore them up in the hawks. <laughs> this is only becoming more and more evident as people are, you know using their animals harder and harder. So I, I caution, I caution setting a horse on too much. So when I 
looked at it again. I decided, you know, okay, what I'm going to do this time is trot her up in there, do some simple rollbacks off when she gets chargy, make sure she's waiting on me, and we'll try that for a couple of days. So again, she once she figured out what I was asking her to do, she seemed lighter. She wasn't trying to set on me near as hard, but everything still felt a little bit flat, so I compressed her, and then I let her go again, and there's a few times that, you know, okay, that feels kind of good. Well, that didn't really feel quite so good. And we can really get caught up in that, like, well, that didn't feel perfect. We need to finish on a good one. That didn't feel right. That didn't feel right. That didn't feel right. Now I have to wait 24 hours to <laughs> work on this again. And it can really stew. It can really, really chew at you when you're not on your horse. And it really affects how you go about your day. So, um, again, like, I, I decided it still didn't feel quite right. Whatever, I worked her a little bit longer than I had the day before. Decided... It's hot. She's going to get tired. She's not going to be in a good place to learn. And I'm not effectively teaching her anything. Once you've gone through something two, three, four times and nothing's changed, you, you haven't made any good changes, she hasn't made any good changes, your horse is going to learn pretty quick that you're full of crap. <laughs> like, if you haven't made any consistent changes or you haven't really been able to achieve in your own body what you're, what you're trying to do, they're going to learn really fast that you don't know what you're doing. So rather than bring her, bring a horse like this into a fight, which I, I don't recommend that on any horse, let alone this one, because she is every inch the chestnut mare stereotype. You, you just don't, you don't bait a, bait a horse like this. <clears throat> so again, I stopped her, got off and gotten, got in touch with uh, the gentleman that I ride with. And we'll, we'll try again tomorrow. So, like, I, I don't know. I think at some point, whether it's a maturity thing or it's just perception, things change. I think taking a step back has been really good for me. Especially having a chance to study people that have been successful in their given field. Uh, I really look up to people like Lucia Riker, Holly Holm, Lisa Lockhart. Because they embrace and they embody what it means to be a graceful, strong, feminine, passionate, articulate, well-spoken, passionate, passionate, passionate. I've already said passionate. I'll keep saying it. But also just a dedicated competitor. So again, I think that people like that are strategists. We all want to go out there and pound away and have that intensity because for one thing, it sounds cool. <laughs> it looks cool. But that's just not reality. Like the you, you don't you don't win these horses in a day. You don't build you don't build a nice rodeo horse, a nice futurity horse, a nice anything in a day. That's that's something that you just chip away at a little bit at a time. Also remembering that it doesn't affect your learning ability. Or it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're not gonna be able to go on and do good things on this horse if you take it easy on yourself and on them when you know things aren't going quite well. There's no point going and drilling on something when you're unsure of it. That's frustration begins when knowledge ends. So I am a huge advocate for leaning on mentors and resources. But anyway, I, I just wanted to share that today that I'm back and I am looking forward to recording some more in the future. I set a goal, I think in early June that by December, I am going to place in the 1D at a local jackpot on this mare. 
And it looks like I'm on the right track, especially now that she's feeling good. It was a little bit worrisome for me there for a bit. I wasn't sure how she was going to come back, if the hematoma was going to be a recurring thing once she'd had a couple months off. But then again, uh, she seemed to just need the break. Everything came back and she seemed happier. So I am glad that I did that for her and for me. I can definitely say my hips feel way better. <laughs> But anyways, guys, I'm sorry this was a bit of a rambling rant. I'm glad that I was able to make this today, though, in between in between my shift work. You guys have a fantastic day, hump day, Wednesday, go on about it.